Hello everybody, it's another Jellybean podcast from the SMAC conference, DASMAC in Berlin. It's Tuesday, things have just got going, and funnily enough, I've started to meet some pretty interesting people. The first person I wanted to talk to is here with me today, it's Hannah Kade. Say hello. Hi, hello everybody. <laughs> um, listen, the first thing that we the thing I really want to talk with Hannah about is, well, you know, we all, lots of doctors and paramedics and nurses, you know, we go through the training experience and, it, you know, it can be quite hard. And, you know, when I look back on mine, there's some aspects of it where were quite hard, but you have a, let's say, a slightly different story about your medical training experience, and I was wondering if you could uh, tell us a little bit about it. So, you know, let's start at the beginning. When did you decide, or why did you decide to do medicine? Ah, okay. Uh, actually, first, I'm from Syria. Yeah. I'm from Aleppo, mm-hmm. and uh, I live all my, my life since till the last year in Aleppo. So, actually, uh, I finished my high school in 2007, and then... Uh, be- actually because of my uh, high grade mm-hmm. I, I decided to go to medicine and because it was available for me so uh, and uh, there is a big university for medicine in Aleppo so that's why I applied for it and continue studying in Aleppo excellent and so you know how many years of the course there what what's what's medical what was medical uh, mm-hmm. training like in Syria uh, the medicine in, in in the university is six years three pre-medical uh, pre preclinical and then two years of clinical and one internship mm. uh, and uh, unfortunately the the war started in Syria in 2011 almost uh, and I was in Aleppo and I was in my fourth year so uh, it's it's beginning of the clinical uh, uh, trainings so it was a little bit hard to go outside uh, and going on daily basis to the uh, university and that makes it a little bit, um, yeah, uh, dangerous, honestly. Okay. And so, I mean, but all of your, obviously, when you're in a conflict zone, mm-hmm. life continues. I mean, you literally, you have to, you know, you've got to wash your clothes, you've got to buy the food from the market. And of course. In your case, you're going to work or going to study. Yeah. I mean, what was it like in the university or in the university hospitals that you were in? I mean, were you exposed to trauma and stuff that was related to the war? Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. Uh, it was like you can see that the medicine during the wars it will be more uh, directed to trauma mm. not the cold cases the the, the elective uh, operations for example mm. and it will be automatically like uh, all the faculty staff uh, start be, uh, training the students on something special for example how to treat trauma how to do first aid advanced first aid uh, in the street because you are only of course you are a medical student you're not a medical doctor yet but you you need to help you have to help because uh, there is a lot of injuries during the street you can meet a lot of uh, uh, cases that may they might need, need help so they are, they start training us more uh, trauma directed right okay and then Things closed in on Aleppo, of course. Yeah, yeah. and I can, I can mention, for example, in 2013, uh, the, the year of my graduation, uh, Aleppo was besieged. Mm. So, but although it's besieged, we can still going out, we, we can still going to university, and uh, I can mention that during the, the war till now, the university didn't stop one day. Right. Yeah. It's uh, still working on daily basis. Uh, of course, there is lack of uh, professors, doctors. That's that's usual during war, like everything. But still, life continues. Right. That's that's really uh, one of the uh, things that it was uh, like surprised for everybody. I talked with them. They told me, "Oh, Aleppo is still working. Yeah, yeah, it's still working. Life continues. I graduated 
during the war uh, I had the volunteer uh, activities I was with the Red Cross it's in Aleppo in Syria it's Red Crescent it's the yeah. same but uh, I had uh, volunteering uh, on daily basis uh, going help people help uh, uh, people in need um, yeah IDPs the internally displaced people um, uh, especially because I was a medical student and uh, I, I was more involved with uh, this volunteering yeah. stuff uh, I was the first aid coordinator in Aleppo so we have first aid teams we have first aid trainers yeah. we, we do all these trainings we had a very uh, several shelters we can say it's uh, for the internally displaced people and we, 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 we are the responsible of their health care providing free medicines free uh, consultations yeah it was really uh, important like for us as medical students and medical doctors to stay in Aleppo during this uh, war because you had basically to serve you know yeah. right okay so you were literally doing your exams while your city was under siege yeah, yeah I mean, unfortunately and of course there was all sorts of attacks there was air attacks there was, there was attacks there is something uh, maybe it's really weird that I was studying on the candles light mm. there was no electricity uh, no water uh, water it comes and uh, stops uh, sometimes I mean drinkable yes, water yeah. but the most uh, what I really uh, always remember no electricity it was really hard mm. uh, like studying sometimes my eyes hurt me mm. because you, you know reading uh, on candle but it's not enough to read uh, or study in the sun time you have to study especially in the last exams so was it is it safer during the day or is it safer at night or did it make any difference with uh, both times or problems okay that that's really hard to to say it's not it, it wasn't safe ever um, ever but uh, but you know uh, the the human being can feel safely more safer when when there is light when mm. there is sun uh, it was worst uh, at night because there is no light on the streets, no electricity. Mm. That was that make it a little bit more uh, okay. difficult. And tell me about like the community around the hospital because you know you go from being a medical student and let's face it, you were doing a lot as a medical student by comparison mm -hmm. to most people that go through this doctoring and nursing and stuff that we do. What was it like after then starting in your internship year and having now all these more responsibilities? I mean, were you still volunteering while you were doing your work? Yeah. And, and what were the people around you? Were they doing the same kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So they would go and work all day and then they would go and work somewhere else as much yeah. as they could. Yeah, that's, that's re really a good point. I want to mention that uh, as I graduated in 2013, I got an offer uh, like a, a job to start my uh, residency program in surgery in Aleppo in an emergency uh, hospital the main emergency hospital in Aleppo it was the work was uh, uh, unbelievable every day with injuries with everything but i can say uh, also all these injuries we we still we still doing uh, the elective operations for example yeah and uh, that was like my residency uh, time uh, at the same time I got an offer uh, like a job I applied for a job with WHO right. the World Health Organization as a public health officer so I was in the morning uh, with WHO uh, in the office doing some public health like vaccination you know polio was uh, yes. a new time in, in, in Syria uh, we had uh, like uh, water quality, uh, nutrition, all these uh, public health issues working in close with the Ministry of Health and the Directory of Health in Aleppo. 
And in the night, I was going to the uh, hospital to do my shifts and yeah. residency. And for more, uh, maybe I'm, uh, I like to help more, like I, I'm doing more voluntary stuff. And when I have free time, I went to the Red Cross or Red Crescent to continue this uh, voluntary work. And I can say, uh, I have a younger brother who, who is in Germany uh, three years ago. My mother always told me we have two uh, uh, boys. They are uh, both traveling, one in Germany and the second in Aleppo. Right. That means my parents doesn't, don't see me at all. I'm always, even in the hospital or WHO or Red Cross, I, I, was, I went to my parents only once a week maybe or twice. Uh, yeah. Right. It was hard, uh, like for f my family, but when they see what I'm doing, what what the effect of my work, they feel like really proud, and uh, as I'm proud too. Good, good, yeah. and you know, and how many years uh, did you end up working in the hospital in Aleppo? Uh, I worked in Aleppo. I worked in Aleppo two and a half year as yeah. a general surgery resident. Yeah. And then um, I decided to go to uh, Germany, to yeah. Berlin, to continue my studies, my uh, residency. And your training. Training, yeah. Okay. But your family and your friends and the people you went yeah. through medicine with, they're still in Aleppo? Still in Aleppo. And that's one of the hardest decisions in my life, I can say. Uh, leaving my family, my work, my community, my mm. friends, uh, everybody, and starting a new beginning in, in Germany. You can say starting from zero, like from the language mm. to the community to everything, friends, everything from the zero. It was really hard, but uh, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So your training experience here has it been positive? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, now I have been one year in Germany. Yeah. I finished the language, the German language and medical German language, yeah. and I have to. I had to do the approbation exam yeah. and last week I got it and yeah. now I'm a medical doctor in Germany. So you're a doctor again. So you've just <laughs> yeah. played, you're I'm a double doctor. A double, okay. Well, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations so again. And yeah. um, so what, what's, you know, what's it like on the ground now in terms of what you're hearing from your friends in the hospital yeah. in Aleppo? Yeah. I'm still in contact with uh, all my friends, family and uh, medical doctors in Syria in Aleppo. Uh, they are telling me that the situation sometimes is going better, sometimes going wrong, uh, worse. It's like I was before, uh, maybe the, the main need is the infrastructure, you know, uh, a hospital without clean water or without electricity, it can't work. Uh, for example, once I remember that we were in the hospital and uh, the electricity, there's no electricity, but the generator mm -hmm. is working and they are telling us that the, we only have fuel for six more hours mm -hmm. and then the hospital will stop. So uh, the manager of the hospital or the director decide to turn all the electricity of the hospital off, mm. uh, but leaving the ICU, the internal care unit, mm. and the uh, intensive care unit, and the operation room with electricity only. And it was really hard uh, time. We were thinking what, what will happen after with, with these patients, uh, till we got the help and we got the fuel and it's continued. Right, okay. Look, you know, it's, it's such a sort of harrowing story to think, you know, uh, how this, what you went through and, and having your family still there. And I think this sort of feeling like everybody thinks, you know, you're lucky, but you're not lucky because you had to leave everybody behind and leave your life and leave your loved yeah, ones yeah. and so on. So it's, 
it's a really sort of difficult situation. The, what, what, what do you think, what's your hope for the future now that you're, you're now a doctor again and you're continuing your specialist surgical training here as well? Yeah. Is that the plan? I want to I wanna continue the surgical training here. And have you got a, a placement, a job? Uh, not yet. I'm freshly graduated one more time. Oh, well, like hopefully <laughs> um, hopefully uh, somebody out there will sort of, <laughs> hey, give, give the man a job, give him a break. Um, the, um, the, so you're hoping to go into surgery and do you know what you want to do in surgery? Uh, uh, in principle, I want to go in general surgery, yeah. maybe laparoscopic, mm. but I'm I don't want to go far from trauma. Yeah. Because I had this experience yeah. and uh, this adrenaline level. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, an advantage because I had this uh, experience, but mm. at the same time, it's a hard time. It's yeah. Always to remember this. Were, were you well support? Like I mean, obviously, I don't know how many people really appreciate how how normal you people manage to keep the hospital in Aleppo through all of that, but. And I say normal, you know, yeah, with yeah. inverted commas, but um, did you have good supervisors, like surgical mentors and people that were helping you train and so on? Or did you have to do more and more on your own mm -hmm. as time went on? Yeah, actually, there, there is still few uh, professors, yeah. but not like before Formal, at all. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, I can say like another example, we, we had six operations room mm -hmm. at the same time working. We had uh, injuries. And there is one professor who is moving from a room to another to say yes, do that, do yeah. that, do that. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's I always give this example. It's a advantage and misad uh, yeah. misadvantage at the same time. Advantage for us as students to have more experience, but it's a disadvantage for the patient for the injuries like because they would obviously yeah led by the professor yeah. will be better. But of I course. mean you know at the same I understand entirely what you mean, but. You know, you've been, you've been exposed to an awful lot and you've learned an awful lot and I can understand why you want to stay and make sure you keep a trauma as part of your practice and that's fantastic. It's, it's also very impressive that you haven't been burned so badly by the experience mm -hmm. that you've you run away from it, which I think is what a lot of people would do. And what do you hope to go back to Syria and work there again? Uh, at the moment, uh, I want to finish my, my surgical training. training and then I will see what's the... How, how it will be the situation. Yeah. Actually, my parents are still in Aleppo. Yeah. I'm always in contact with them. Yeah, I hope if there is an opportunity sense, yeah. there, yeah, why not? Look, thank you very much for talking to me. I, you, I've met you because um, Hannah's, Hannah's doing a, the SMAC volunteer here, so you're not really a student anymore, you're a doctor now, but yeah. still you're here as a student, student. volunteer because <laughs> that's when you applied for it. Um, and, you know, he's, if you're here at the conference and you're listening to this in the next couple of days, he's one of the charming guys that's smiling at you and showing you where to go. And uh, just don't forget these guys, these student volunteers and you know, young doctor volunteers who do an awful lot of work. And, Part of the spirit of the whole damn thing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, it's a it's a very very it's an amazing thing that you've gone through. I think very most people who are listening to this will not. I well, I hope we never have to experience something like it. But it's really yeah. nice to hear. You know, you're you're remaining positive and you know smiling at me now. And take a photograph of this man smiling. Listen, <laughs> Hannah. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if anybody needs any uh, question or you want more further information, I'm ready. Cool. The um, and so Twitter probably I'll go to put that out as a way. And so yep. you're at Hannah Kade, so H A N N A K A A D E. Okay, great. I'll put that on the podcast so people can find you. Okay. Thanks, man. Welcome.